What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel. And today, we're bringing you an NFL-themed episode. We're going to be talking a lot about the NFL. This past week in the NFL was quite crazy, to say the least. A lot of signings, a uh, lot of franchise tags going on. You know, great to see guys like Dak Prescott get uh, his big deal, finally, from the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm excited about that. We're going to touch on that. But first, today, we are going to do our second mock draft. Each of us have once again done 15 picks. Uh, Maybe next time we will go more for a 32-teamer or something like that, or we'll do 15, and then we'll post the rest of ours somewhere else. But today, we're doing another 15-team mock draft with trades, of course, our second one of the season. Um, Super excited for that. And then also, uh, before I flip this one to Mac uh, for his mock draft, um, you know, this next week is going to be a big one of NFL free agency officially kicks off, I believe Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, yep. um, as well as March madness, I believe begins on Thursday or Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday. one of those two days, Wednesday. So expect a lot of second channel videos. We're definitely going to want to cover the NFL and probably the initial signings there over on OTA clips, maybe even a main channel thing. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but like we said, March madness, we'll we want to do at least. Well, yeah, we'll work on maybe even daily uploads for uh, for the second channel on March Madness. We'll figure it out. Uh, obviously, Big Ten, uh, all the major conferences are playing their tournaments right now. I was just watching the Ohio State game. They had a big win over Michigan. When you're seeing this, uh, it'll be a day of the championship game. So good luck to the Buckeyes uh, on behalf of both of us. But, Mac, I've done a lot of talking, so I'm going to flip this one to you. Uh, kick us off with your mock draft, I guess. Everyone, everyone, my mock draft 2.0. Things a little bit different here, some different trades, so I'm excited to get into it. But first overall pick, it's obviously Jacksonville Jaguars. Some team needs. I had to switch up the format, copy Griffin a little bit from last week. Obviously, quarterback team, obviously the biggest team need and what where, uh, most people think they're going to end up going and picking with uh, the first overall pick. Then cornerback, safety, wide receiver, and edge. So a lot of team needs here, but it's pretty obvious what the Jaguars will be doing with this first overall pick. I have them picking Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, a lot of people have him as a generational talent. And as Griffin and I will keep saying, we don't think he's that highly touted. We don't think he'll uh, come out to be that generational player that everyone seems and things he will end up being but he's gonna be a good player and a great player for the Jaguars to build around you get him some help uh hopefully with some later picks and even in free agency and uh Trevor Lawrence could be set up greatly and uh have a great season in this Jaguars offense in 2021 my second overall pick the Houston Texans via the New York Jets obviously right now I have the Jets trading for Deshaun Watson. And I think my next mock draft, I'll choose a different team. That may be something interesting to do, a new team trading for Deshaun Watson every uh, mock draft. So right now, the Texans pick with the second overall pick. Obviously, cornerbacks need defensive line, wide receiver, linebacker, and tight end. But you just trade Deshaun Watson, so quarterback is going to be that big need for the Texans. You go out, you get Zach Wilson, who a lot of people think is going to be that next Patrick Mahomes, that next Russell Wilson type of player. I don't think he's going to be that good, especially after that one, um, his one year really of actually having a good season before this season. Uh, he wasn't even consider the starter for BYU, but he burst around the scene, had a great season, making all these miraculous plays that no other quarterback can make, which is why he's drawing those types of comparisons. Um, so Zach Wilson is a Houston Texan and the future of the franchise. And now with the third overall pick, I have another trade. The Carolina Panthers trade up with Miami. Mm. 
They want to get that quarterback in the future. But Mel Kuyper's book almost. (laughs) Team needs linebacker, tight end, cornerback, quarterback, and edge. And I have them coming up for their guy of the future in Justin Fields. You're imagining this offense, Justin Fields, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. If you pick up some guys in free agency, uh, you can fill up that tight end spot and a little bit on the offensive line. And this offense will be explosive. Justin Fields, obviously a guy we're really high on as Ohio State fans, especially that Clemson game really proved it to me. And I think we're going to keep coming back to that point over these next few mock drafts is that toughness he showed was, was incredible. It's something you won't see from any of these other quarterbacks and the difference between difference between fields and some other quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio state. Uh, a lot of those guys are bust. And I think Justin Fields has the toughness and the effort that all these other guys haven't had. And I think that's, what's going to make the difference for Justin Fields uh, when he's playing in the NFL. And now with the fourth overall pick the Atlanta Falcons team needs are edge cornerback safety, running back and offensive line. I couldn't add, um, a defensive tackle and linebacker that I can't do them dirty and get them an entire new defense. So <laughs> Atlanta Falcons, I had them selecting a quarterback also in Trey Lance. You saw what he did in his pro day. Uh, he was great making some great throws that were questionable when he was playing in regular games, uh, like that one deep throw on the left side of the field on the sideline. Uh, that was an amazing throw by him during his pro day. But the Falcons, I'm going to keep saying this, and this is a team that I think I won't be surprised if they reach on one of these defensive players like a Patrick Sertain, a, Micah, a Micah Parsons. It's just the type of team that I could see doing that. But right now uh, with Matt Ryan, he's getting older and up there in age. Um, Trey Lance is a great player who could come and sit behind him. That's what a lot of people think he should do. Uh, so he could become elite in the next few years. He could sit behind a great quarterback, develop, and then in a year or two when Matt Ryan's contract is a little bit too expensive. Uh, you clear his cap and get rid of him, and Trey Lance could come in and fit right in with some wide receivers like Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So I think Trey Lance would be a good quarterback of the future and a good selection here for the Atlanta Falcons. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, tackle, guard. Um, you need to protect, protect Joe Burrow, and I think that's going to be a, consens- a consens- consensus point here. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm stumbling on my words here. But obviously, cornerback, edge, and wide receiver all also our team needs for the Bengals and I have them going Panay Sewell I mean this is going to be a generational tackle I think him and uh, Rashawn Slater are some great players here that the Bengals could pick up to protect Joe Burrow after his injury last year Panay Sewell great tackle a great pass blocker a great run blocker so overall Bengals are going to be getting an amazing talent here with Panay Sewell on the offensive line and now, before before you keep going, I just want to say I swear we've pronounced that guy's name different every <laughs> single time we say. I I've said I said Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, like every like every possible way. We have said Penny, who's I think that's a new one for us. So Penny Sewell will be how we refer to him today. Yep, yep. <laughs> so number six, the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously uh, number one overall uh, need. That wide receiver position, the past few years, they've taken the wide receivers. They haven't hit on really any of them. Last year, they took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So, obviously, that's going to be a big need for the team. Linebacker also, cornerback, safety, and edge. And the Philadelphia Eagles with the sixth overall pick select Jamar Chase, I believe, who is the best wide receiver in this year's draft. They can't pass up on him. You can't go defense. You can't get fancy here. You got to take the best player available at your most uh, needed position. Jamar Chase, 
he'll fill in. And I think him with uh, Jalen Rager at the number two receiver spot, I think that would be a great duel. And I think it would help develop both these young receivers into stars in the NFL. Now with the seventh overall pick, the Detroit Lions, their team needs obviously a wide receiver where Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones are going to be leaving free agency, linebacker, edge, cornerback, and obviously quarterback, which we're probably not going to go with and fix this year. We're probably going to take another year or two to see where they want to do and what they want to do with the quarterback position. But I have the Detroit Lions taking Jalen Waddell, the speedster out of Alabama. I think they got to replace that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, those are those departures uh, in the draft. And you got to go out there and get, I think, or what would be the closest thing to Tyreek Hill in the past few drafts. He has the hands, he has the route running, he has the speed, most importantly, to go make plays. Uh, you can do some jet sweeps, and I think his versatility is going to be something that teams fall in love with. In love with. I think the Lions are going to pick him here and uh, add and fill him in for that Kenny Galladay loss. And now with the eighth overall pick, the Miami Dolphins via the Carolina Panthers, as the Carolina Panthers traded up for the third spot. Their needs, obviously, wide receiver, linebacker, running back, defensive line, and safety. And the Miami Dolphins, I think this is a great pick for them. Devonta Smith, a player who they would consider at the third overall pick as well. So I think this um, this draft fell perfectly and went perfectly for them. They're getting a speedster. You're getting a great route one runner. You're getting a great guy off the release. Uh, he just gets crazy separation. The only knock on him and why I've had him and why I have him as my third wide receiver is his size. I mean, kind of when he's doing his pro day or – at the senior bowl, not taking his height and weight measurements. I think that was a little bit of a knock on him. Uh, so he may be lighter than a lot of people uh, think and expect him to be. So I think that'll be a knock on him and it's going to continue to be a knock on him, but everything about him is phenomenal. Uh, hopefully he can put on some weight when he gets to the next level and gets to the NFL, but he's a great player. And that's why I have him falling all the way to eight for the Miami dolphins with the ninth pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos team needs, cornerback, linebacker, quarterback, defensive tackle, and tackle. And I have them taking Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. This guy's a ball hawk. Uh, he's great, and I think he has the highest ceiling out of any quarterback in these in this NFL draft. He lost A.J. Boye. He'll come in, and he'll replace that spot, and I think he'll be even better than Boye was for the team. So Caleb Farley is a Denver Bronco with the ninth overall mm -hmm. pick. And 10th overall, I have a trade, the New England Patriots trade up via Dallas. And their team needs, obviously, quarterback, I think, is the number one need, although they just signed Cam Newton, wide receiver, tight end, edge, and defensive tackle. And at this 10th overall pick, it's no one other than Mac Jones. You, I think you're a little bit higher on him than I am, but everyone's saying he can go top 10, he can go top 8, whatever it may be. He falls to 10. The Patriots have to make a jump and get their future guy. I think Bill Belichick would be the perfect um, coach to help bring out his talents um, and all the bright spots you saw of him at Alabama. He may have had all the stars, and that's why I'm kind of wary about him uh, being this high of a pick. But if there's a coach that could turn things around and bring out everything he showed at Alabama, it's going to be Bill Belichick. And I think even sitting behind Cam Newton for a year, that could do him great things. And while you develop and build a team around him, uh, in New England, I think that would be great for Mac Jones to continue to develop as a quarterback in the future. So, 11th pick now, New York Giants. Team needs, obviously, wide receiver, edge, tight end, cornerback, defensive tackle. And I have them going with the best player available in Kyle Pitts. You have Evan Ingram, but he really hasn't lived up to that first-round talent. He has a great route running, as we all know, and Pitts is a very similar player to him. 
But Pitts, he has the hands. A problem we've seen with Evan Ingram, he drops a lot of balls in a lot of key situations, and I think Pitts will come in and fix that instantly and even help Evan Ingram develop, and I think that would be a great duo. Uh, you go out in two tight end sets, uh, and this would make their offense uh, flourish, especially with the top three receivers gone at this point. Kyle Pitts and New York Giant, that is the pick. 12th overall pick, San Francisco 49ers. Team needs cornerback off, so you're going to likely be – well your top six guys at that position are all free agents this year. Who knows how many you're going to bring back. And then number two offensive line, you have Trent Williams. You're going to try and re-sign him, but uh, will that happen? I'm not so sure. Quarterback is third, obviously everyone's knowing uh, everyone knows about the kind of controversy that we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo and then safety and running back is my fourth and fifth needs for the team. But I got to give them the best tackle available in Rashawn Slater. I said tackle, but he's really just an offensive lineman in general. He'd go play any position on the offensive line. And really, the only thing I have to say about this this kid is he locked up Chase Young, and I think that's all you need to know about how good this man is. And uh, he really is deserving of more than just the 12th overall pick, but I have him falling here to the San Francisco 49ers in this mock draft. Number 13 overall is the Los Angeles Chargers. I think this is pretty obvious. I put O-line, not a specific position because they need help at every position on the offensive line and then cornerback, edge, tight end, and wide receiver. So with O-line being number one, I have them taking Christian Darisaw, the Virginia Tech product. You have to help um, Justin Herbert up front. He put up spectacular numbers last year as a rookie with a banged-up offensive line, taking a ton of sacks, having a lot of pressure in his face. And I think Darisaw will come in with a Trey Turner, and I think that would help immensely at the offensive line position and uh, protect Joe Burrow a little bit and help Austin Eckler out a little bit as well in the backfield there. And now 14th overall, the Minnesota Vikings team needs, obviously edge, I think is number one defensive tackles, number two, uh, O-line number three, safety fourth and cornerback fifth for me. I have them taking Quiddy pay the, uh, uh, the Michigan man uh, here with the 14th overall pick. He has all everything you want in an edge rusher. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the athleticism. It's just he's a little bit raw right now, but the upside is great, and I think that's what the Vikings will want from a defensive edge rusher. So this will be a great pass rush group for the Vikings if you get Quiddy Pay or anyone else uh, here that's a defensive end. So Quiddy Pay, a Minnesota Viking at 14. And lastly, Dallas Cowboys via New England team needs, obviously the secondary cornerback safety defensive line. I put offensive tackle in there for all the injuries, the age, um, uh, well, the factors of age and then tight end fifth, uh, the Dallas Cowboys see Patrick Sertain fall and you grab him up. Uh, this is the Alabama product. Of course he falls to your Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. of course. I, I was thinking of taking, I prefer JC Horn, but the more realistic thing is Patrick Sertan. So Patrick Sertan is a Dallas Cowboy. You had Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan, both Alabama products. Both play together. Uh, you have a technically sound corner. You have a playmaker with Trayvon Diggs who would go up and get the ball. And I think this would be a nice young duo who's familiar with each other uh, that will really help out that secondary uh, now with the 15th overall pick. So Dallas Cowboys get their second Alabama corner in two years and Patrick Sertan. Okay. So uh, there is your mock draft. Pretty different from last week's, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I think Quiddy Pay to the Vikings is just a lock for you, though. Pretty is that back to back week yeah. now for Quiddy to the Vikings? Yeah. I, so, yeah. <laughs> I think Quiddy's good. I think Quiddy's a lock there. Uh, I'm just, um, I'm just <laughs> Quiddy, the Michigan man. I like that. All right. Well, Michigan that will man. take us uh, to my mock draft, Senec mock draft 2.0. Oh, can't do that. I forget. 
All right, so first team uh, is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, team needs QB, obviously, number one. O-line as a whole kind of needs an upgrade, although they tagged Cam Robinson. Uh, safety, I could use some help. D-tackle corner. I could read those. I could go keep on going forever. And like Max said, and like I said in the last one, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence here. Um, you know, I'm not as high on him personally as all the experts are. Yep. Um, I just don't believe he's a generational talent. Um, you know, to me, a generational talent is someone that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think, you know, he's a generational talent. I think that's a, a stretch yeah. for him. But he will go number one here. He's a, obviously a fantastic player. Uh, he's got a great arm, uh, great legs out of the pocket. He's huge. I mean, you know, he's a, a 6'6", 240 guy, um, you know. You know exactly what you want in the quarterback. Going to be a leader. Um, you know, will be good. I don't know if he'll be Patrick Mahomes type superstar level. I think he'll be a, a franchise quarterback, though, to say the least. So the Jags will get Trevor Lawrence. Number two, it's got to be the New York Jets picking this week. Last week I had them trading for Deshaun Watson. Um, to be honest, I just don't see that happening anymore. I truly don't. You know, I'm trying to be optimistic about it as a Jets fan, but I, I don't know. So uh, team needs for me receivers at one, quarterback at two. I think it's I think it's evident that it's time to move on from Sam Darnold. Um, you know, from what they've heard, I just don't think Sam Darnold has any chance to be the starting quarterback next season. O line at three needs a huge upgrade. Cornerback needs help and edge as well. Uh, so with the number two pick, seems to be the trend right now. So I'm sticking with it. Zach Wilson. Uh, a lot of guy. A lot of teams like this guy to BYU. They say they see flashes of Pat Mahomes. Obviously. Played great all season. Really, only struggle he had was against that coastal that coastal Carolina game. Um, you know, you can really look at him and say yes, he had some struggles. But other than that, superstar talent makes great throws. Um, you know, exactly uh, another guy you want in a in a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, give Robert Talon, Joe Douglas their new guy. You know, obviously Joe Douglas came in. Sam Darnold was already there. Um, this gives Joe Douglas as well as Robert Talon a chance to get fresh quarterback, new quarterback in year one. Um, and just rebuild under that guy rather than have Darnold. And I think it's just time, um, you know, next year would be, I believe, the fifth-year option for Sam Darnold or in a year or two. Um, and then the money's going to start getting expensive. So I think it's a new start. Get a guy, another guy on a rookie uh, deal. The Darnold experiment, experiment didn't quite work out, but Zach Wilson, sure to be a superstar in the making. Next team, the Houston Texans via Miami. Um, so this basically – uh, equates to I have them trading for Deshaun Watson to a Tiger Viola will be heading back to Houston as well so for me Houston Texans guard um, and O-line as a whole they really need obviously they have Laramie Tunsil there's rumblings they might trade him um, and outside of Laramie Tunsil the O-line is garbage so they need a big upgrade yep. there D-line as a whole now needs a lot of work safety needs help quarterback I believe would be a team need even with Tua I'm not sold on Tua I actually said uh, back in an episode during the regular season after I forgot what game it was. It might have been one of the games where Fitz came in. I just mm -hmm. am not sold on Tua right now. Um, you know, he's not doing enough. He's obviously got plenty of time to develop, but um, still could be a place to look. But I don't believe they'll go QB uh, unless Zach Wilson's on the board. And then quarterback, cornerback as well needs help. But they're rebuilding. They're going to start up front, and they are going to draft Penny Sewell or Penny Sewell as we're going for him today, I guess. Um, you know, the best player on the board, potentially. Uh, this guy has been raved about. Um, and, you know, good start for the Texans. They build on the O-line and uh, give two tag to a tag of Iola, uh, you know, one of the best tackle duos in the league, potentially, and, and Laramie Tunsil and Penny Sewell get a chance to rebuild. They just signed Mark Ingram. He's going to change the culture potentially down there. Just get a fresh start, and I think that's what they need. Penny Sewell will be a huge help for that offensive line. Carolina Panthers, 
Once again, I have trading up to number four via the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, like Mac did in his draft, this team's hungry for a quarterback. I don't believe they'll get Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Um, so I, I just see them trading up here. Team need quarterback, uh, guard, whatever. They're taking a quarterback if they're trading up to four. And I also, uh, for the second consecutive week, have them taking Justin Fields. I just like the fit a lot there. Um, I think it works. You surround Justin Fields with a lot of weapons. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that does need weapons. He does like looking uh, or he does like having, you know, his favorite target, targeting them a lot. We saw that at Ohio State with a guy like Chris Olave. He loved, loved, loved three loves there, uh, throwing the ball to Chris Olave. <laughs> I think you'll see that uh, here with a guy like a DJ Moore, especially Christian McCaffrey. This team would be great. Justin Fields, quarterback of the future of the Carolina Panthers. Fifth pick, the Bengals. Obviously, last week I had them, or two weeks ago, I had them taking Panay Sewell at number five. Not going to be able to do that this time. Offensive tackle is still a big need. Linebacker, uh, another need. Guard as well. Edge and tight end. But I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Kyle Pitts. I think this is just the correct pick at this spot. Kyle Pitts is a superstar talent. Potentially one of the best tight ends we've seen in the draft in years. And, you know, last week I had him falling pretty far. But I think if the Cincinnati Bengals pick uh, and, you know, Penisil is off the board, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the pick. You look at that tight end group last year. It was like Drew Sample and a bunch of other bums. I mean, they got, you know, CJ Uzamoa or whatever his name is. He might be healthy, but I don't care. Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. Give Joe Burrow some more talent. Address the offensive line, um, you know, in free agency. It's a deep tackle draft as well. They'll be able to get some other guys later in this draft. Um, so I'm not worried that they won't be able to get a line help. But I do believe that you cannot pass up on Kyle Pitts at this point if Panay Sewell is not on the board. I think the Bengals have to draft one of those two guys. So I got them mocking Kyle Pitts in this one. For the second consecutive week, I have the Denver Broncos trading up to six. Um, I'm sticking with this pick, which is Trey Lance to Denver. Denver is not sounded. I don't believe Denver likes uh, Drew Locke. I believe they're done with Drew Locke. I believe they want to move on with him. You've heard all these reports. They still have some belief. I don't think so. Um, I don't think it's worth it to bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick as quarterback there and, you know, try and develop um, Drew Locke at this point. I think Drew Locke is – is just needs to be moved on from in Denver and Trey Lance would be a superstar there. Get yourself a guy who can run, throw the ball like Trey Lance. He's a superstar. North Dakota state, they breed quarterbacks. They bred Carson Wentz who obviously, you know, his, 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 uh, you know, status right now is questionable, but you know, undeniably was a top 10 quarterback at multiple points in his career. So Trey Lance, uh, another bison from North Dakota state will be going this time. I got him going to Denver Broncos. Um, I just like this pick, and I feel like – what were you saying? It's Trey Lance to Denver for you. Quiddy paid uh, Minnesota for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. But um, also, I just think Philly will – you know, obviously there's good. this is a good receiver. Uh, I think, you know, they'll want to get one of those top three. I think they will go one of those top three, um, you know, trading this pick. And um, to me, I just don't – I think they'd rather acquire draft capital than uh, select a receiver at six. Seventh pick in the draft, the Detroit Lions. Obviously, wide receiver is a big need. For me, I still believe they need offensive tackle help. That right tackle spot is glaring, glaring open. Um, God, I say my words twice so much. It's glaring and it's open. Um, but wide receiver is a need. Quarterback is a need. Like Max said, though, I don't believe they'll address it. Linebacker, he tackles well. But for the second consecutive week, I do believe they will go Rashawn Slater here, the superstar tackle out of Northwestern. Like you said, locked up Chase Young. He can do it. He can play anywhere on the offensive line. You can stick him at right tackle. He'll be great there. And I think this is just the team that right now is far away from winning, just like the Eagles a little bit. 
obviously I do end up, you know, I have mocked the Eagles a wide receiver, but I just feel like the right move for the Dem- Detroit Lions is to just build up that offensive line. Receivers are not the hardest position to acquire in the NFL. Obviously, there are superstar talent wide receivers like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle in this draft class, but there are always kind of superstar receivers. You can always get a guy who turns out to be a superstar. So for me, I'd rather get a guy like Rashawn Slater for Detroit, and I feel like that's what they're going to end up doing. Build up that O-line, get a guy in Rashawn Slater. That O-line is not too young there as well. They really could use some youth and some guys on rookie contracts on that O-line. So Rashawn Slater, I really like that pick for Detroit. The eighth pick, we've got the New England Patriots trading up. This is was originally Carolina's pick in my mock. I had Atlanta trading back once again. Last time I had Atlanta taking Sertain here. I don't believe they're going to do that. So I got New England moving up. For me, their biggest need, wide receiver, uh, definitely their biggest need, tight end as well, um, really weak linebacker. Quarterback, I still believe is a need for them. We'll talk about Cam Newton and that signing um, after this is done. Still a need in my eyes, and D-tackle as well could use some help. But I have the New England Patriots trading up to select Jamar Chase at number eight. I like this move for New England. I think they really want a star receiver, and I think for them it's going to be worth it to trade up. They you know, they've got players they could potentially deal. And I think the Atlanta Falcons, I really think it could be valuable for them to just keep getting draft capital. I think that team needs draft capital. If you trade back twice, you're going to get a boatload of picks for the future. And I think that's going to be super valuable for them. They don't need a receiver here. And that's kind of where this draft starts to trend for me at this point. So I got New England trading up. They get Jamar Chase, a superstar receiver. Um, for me, will be the first receiver off the board. Last time, I believe I had Devonta Smith going three to the Dolphins. Obviously, that's changed in this one. But I believe Jamar Chase, um, generational talent, will go number eight to New England in a trade. Number nine, the Eagles picking here. Um, wide receiver is a big need for them. Cornerback as well. Linebacker safety and quarterback, I still think, is a need there. Jalen Hurts, don't know what you're going to get. But I believe they will draft a wide receiver. And I have them picking Devontae Smith at number nine. Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner himself. Um, last week I had him or two weeks ago, I had him going three this time. I do have him falling to nine in this one. I just think for the Eagles, this is the right pick. Although Jalen Waddle is a super, super, oh my God, dude, superstar talent. Um, <laughs> you know, I just think, I just think, you know, Devonta Smith could be something special. You know, I don't know. I, I just think they'd go Devonte Smith here. I think, um, you know, the speedsters, a guy who you don't want to pass up on the Heisman winner at this point for Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, there's more injury concerns, obviously, with Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, the last time we saw him, um, he was injured. So um, Devontae Smith, I just think, is also potentially the better player. So I'm losing my voice, but Devontae Smith will be the pick here. Your Dallas Cowboys. Um, they obviously signed Dak Prescott. So quarterback, out of the question here, they won't be taking Mac Jones or any of those guys. Um, quarterback is their top need in my eyes. Um, D-tackle, tight end, edge, safety, doesn't matter. Like you, I have them drafting Patrick Sertain here. They're going to get some quarterback, cornerback help. Uh, Patrick Sertain, in my opinion, the best cornerback in this draft class. And I think it's just a good fit. You pair him, like you said, with Trevon Diggs, um, two Alabama boys, and uh, really improve that secondary for Dallas, which is needed at the moment. Um, they're obviously going to have more money to spend on the defense. Dak Prescott's deal freed up, um, I believe it was like 16 million cap space, something like that, around that. So big move for them, uh, and this will be a big draft pick and hopefully the leader of that secondary for years to come for the Dallas Cowboys. Giants, um, not much has changed with them. They did cut um, Kevin Zeitler over the week, um, good guard there. So could be looking to go guard here. But for me, this pick is the same as last week's. Jalen Waddell, 
Um, this team wants a receiver. They want a superstar receiver. And Jalen Waddle's just that. Um, you know, this guy easily could be the number one receiver taken off the board. I think any of these guys can go before or ahead of each other. Um, you know, it's really just going to come down to team's preference. There's no one clear-cut favorite here. Um, so Jalen Waddle, superstar receiver, um, obviously dealt with an injury for most of the season, but he'll be at full health and he'll be great, ready to go. And the Giants will get themselves a superstar receiver, receiver um, who will also be able to handle a lot of special teams duties for them, which will be very helpful as well. Number 12, I have the San Francisco 49ers picking here. Cornerback is a big need for them. Obviously, Richard Sherman's likely to depart, so they really could use some upgrade there. Quarterback, I do have as a need. It seems like they want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and they're not potentially sold on him. We'll see what happens there. Guard, O-tackle, obviously big reports coming out that they're trying desperately really hard to re-sign Trent Williams. We'll see what happens with that. And edge as well, um, you know, preferably an outside linebacker, I think, is, is a spot for need for them. But in this one, I do have them taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Um, overall, you covered it well. Just a really good player. You and I'm going first in, uh, you know, the first cornerback off the board. Um, you know, and I think he, he definitely could be. But for me, I have him as the second. I think a good fit in San Francisco. It's going to be a guy who's going to come in. Um, he's going to play hard in that defense. Obviously, we'll see what that defense looks like without Robert Sala. But the secondary in that defense is the weak spot right now. You look at that D-line. You look at all, you know, the linebacker group led by Fred Warner. To me, that, that that secondary needs some work right now. So Caleb Farley will help desperately there. Um, you know, he's going to be a big help. And, um, you know, good pick for the Niners there. 13, I got the Chargers picking here. Last week, they got Kyle Pitts um, to fall in my mock draft. Not going to happen this time. They need cornerback help. Um, Chris Harris, I believe, retired or they cut him. I don't know what happened, but he's on the team, I don't believe. Oh, tackle, they need guard. They just cut Trey Turner. Um you know, the former pro bowler. So they need O-line help desperately, um, linebacker tight end. But I do have them taking Christian Darisaw in this one. I believe, did you have them taking Darisaw or do you have them taking Slater? Darisaw. Darisaw. So both of us have them taking Christian yeah. Darisaw. Uh, Matt covered it pretty well. Uh, you know, another Virginia Tech stud. Um, you know, the Virginia Tech, go oh my God, I can't speak to that. The Virginia Tech boys will go back to back in this one, Farley and Darisaw. Um, Chargers will bring help to Justin Herbert. He desperately needs it. Um, you can play this guy at tackle, and, you know, they definitely need to play him there. Uh, probably opposite Brian Bulaga, if I had to guess right now. So he'll go left tackle, and uh, he'll do his thing there, and he'll be a huge help uh, to running the edge uh, from injuring the golden child, Justin Herbert himself. Minnesota Vikings. Um, I don't have them drafting Quiddy Pay. I'll just put that one out there. Um, okay. Offensive tackle is a need for them for me. Um, they just parted ways with Riley Reef as well this week, so they need help. D-tackle, guard, cornerback, safety, um, just all some basic needs for the Vikings. They kind of have a lot of holes right now, but I do have them for the first time in one of our mock drafts. Ali Javera Tucker will there be off go. the board. Uh, good standout guard from USC. Um, you know, interior, that O-line could use some help. So 100%, this is the right pick. I think he's the best offensive lineman on the board at this point if the three top tackles don't fall. So – the first interior alignment to fall off the board. I have Minnesota going with uh, Vera Tucker here. And the last pick, the Atlanta Falcons finally make their selection. They trade all the way down from four to 15. Edge, linebacker, halfback, O-line, quarterback. Cornerback are the needs for me. So I have them going with Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama. Um, you know, you've heard a lot of rumblings about the Falcons wanting to go quarter, quarterback. And I feel like, 
while they do want to draft a quarterback, I'm not, I feel like a better move for them is to draft a quarterback, but also gain some draft capital. I feel like that'd be better investment for them. Uh, and this guy's going to sit behind Matt Ryan for a little bit. So I think Mac Jones is the right guy. Um, you know, people have raved about him. I'm not too huge on him. I know you said I'm probably a little bigger on him than you, which is probably true. Um, but I guess not in this because I haven't drafted the 15, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the Falcons will draft him. Um, he'll play behind Matt Ryan for a little bit, learn from Matt Ryan. Falcons overall, if they can draft Mac Jones, who some believe can be one of the top quarterbacks in this draft in the end, um, and, you know, gain a lot of draft capital, it would be a really, really successful draft. Brewing two rallies there, so you got to know go. it's successful. But that uh, will do it for my mock draft. I'll try and stop the share. There we go. Oh my God, it's a lot of talk in there when you do that. You it is. Catch your breath after that. So, um, yeah, why don't you uh, pick, take it I mean, away from. Ugh. All right, why don't you take it away? Lead us to wherever we're going next. Hmm. Oh, it froze a little bit there. Yeah, there we but, go. Could you repeat that real quick? Yeah, I just said you can take it away because uh, I need a breather for a quick second. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, with that, we both had our 15 player, our 15 team mock drafts, and now we want to get right into some of the key signings, uh, franchise tag players, and then obviously Jack Prescott and Cam Newton, who both signed uh, deals. Cam Newton with a one year, $14 million deal, and Jack Prescott with a mega deal, four years. 160 $160 million with $66 million signing bonus and $126 million in guaranteed money. So I guess we could start there with Dak Prescott. I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to take it away with Dak. I know you're going to want that little I mean, reader, so. I'll go. I can, I can start us off. I won't touch on it too, too much because um, I know you want to cover it um, a bunch. But um, this deal had to get done at the end of the day. Um, it would really be hard to picture this offseason playing out with Dak Prescott going elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. Good move by the Cowboys. You're a Jerry Jones say If there's anyone I'd, I'd want to rip me off, it would be you, Dak, um, which is, you know, cute and all. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they had to get this guy. He's a star quarterback, top 10 in the league, without a doubt. Um, you know, you could say top five. You can argue whatever you want. But he's in there um, up with the best of the best in the league right now. So, obviously, the money is a lot, um, 40 mil per year. Um, probably a little too much, um, like Jerry Jones alluded to. But at the end of the day, that's what he was going to get. That's going to be what a superstar quarterback like Dak gets. Um, at the end of the day, he waited out, and he got his money at the end of the day. So good move for him. And for Dallas, you know, the move saved them a lot of cap space, um, which was huge for them because now they're going to be able to go address that defense, which they need to, as well as some other offensive positions like tight end and potentially um, some positions on that O-line just due to the injury history right now. But hmm. – I'm still catching my breath. Um, overall, good signing by them. Um, you know, you kind of saw it coming. Um, a lot of guaranteed money, but good move. They got, you know, saved some cap space in the, in the, in the way of it. So overall, just a smart move by the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they, they handled themselves in the end. Glad they got it done. And it wasn't really, really messy. Like uh, it, they got into at this point. So good, good in the end that the deal got done. Yep, I 100% agree, and I think this was a move that I think I think it took a while because both sides did end up uh, seeming to get what they wanted. Dak got his money, $40 million. 
second highest paid quarterback in NFL history, only behind Patrick Mahomes and Dallas Cowboys. They're giving up a lot of money, but as you said, they are clearing a lot of money with cap space. They're doing something. I, I really don't get it yet. I think they franchise tagged him. So it avoids um, another franchise tag down the line. So we'll have to get a contract done. Uh, there's no trade clause. Um, can't get franchise tag again, obviously. And then um, you're obviously seeing things about something over six years, which is why the cap space isn't um, taking a big hit. You're clearing up the 19 mil or, or whatever it was, 16 mil uh, this year. So uh, that's a big difference compared to what it would have been from a franchise tag. So you're, you're getting the Dallas Cowboys are gaining money. You get a loot and uh, get players in other positions, as you said, defensively um, that would be a big part for the Dallas Cowboys. So I really do think both teams uh, won uh, in their own uh, manners. Of course, Jerry Jones, the businessman, he knew uh, how to get this deal done and get it to work out for both sides. And they did just that. Dak Prescott, obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I think um, he's only on the way up last year. You saw only through five games, he was on pace to break the um, passing yards record. He had nine touchdowns. And well, a uh, lot of those were blowout games that hey, they ended up. But he was still <laughs> on pace, for and that's the only thing that he was. He was on pace. <laughs> he was on pace. But he, he was doing it all with a banged up all line. Really had no help from his defense. So Dak Prescott, a, a great overall player, and this deal is amazing for both teams. Now, could the Cowboys could they go out get some players in free agency to help up with, as you said, the O line? Maybe get some backs backups in there in case there are injuries and things like that. But Dak Prescott, he got his money, and I think the most important thing uh, from this is that. Um, you can't wait too long to sign your quarterback and other teams are going to learn from this. Now you're going to see the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. You can't take too long. You're going to see the, the bills with Josh Allen. You can't take too long, but then you're also looking at it like this $40 million this year in two to three years, this $40 million is going to look like nothing. The quarterback quarterback market keeps rising in two years ago. We thought $30 million was an overpay and now it's up to $40 million. So that just goes to show you how the quarterback market works. And I think in two to three years, this deal will seem like nothing compared to Lamar Jackson and uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I was about to say Deshaun Watson, D Josh Allen deals. <laughs> Deshaun is already locked up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like you alluded to there, but um, yeah, I, I like your point there that, you know, the market for quarterbacks is, is kind of crazy and that kind of, Brings us to our next guy that we want to talk about, Cam Newton, one year, um, up to $14 million. Um, I'll start since you just talked for a bit. Um, you know, it kind of surprised me. It seemed like the two sides were, were ready to part ways and, and that the Pats, it, it had come out that, you know, their number one quarterback that they wanted was Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and yeah. to see this was really surprising. It, it seems like, I guess, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick do believe in Cam Newton. They do believe that he has the tools to be the franchise quarterback, potentially, um, and that he just needs weapons. And that's why um, you'll see, you know, obviously I had them mocking Jamar Chase. Um, and I think they're going to go after weapons in free agency as well, um, which I also, you know, a little preview to that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about some free agent predictions. But I think this team is going to go out there, get Cam Newton some weapons. They have a great offensive line. Um, that's unquestioned at this point. They just traded for Trent Brown as well. Um, you know, in a crazy week, that's kind of been forgotten about. But they basically gave nothing up for Trent Brown. Yep. He's going to come back and had so much success in New England. So you can really expect him to have a successful year there. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the move. They're protecting Cam Newton. I don't like I, I wouldn't say I like the move. I don't think it's a bad move for them. I'm not so sure of myself and how much I believe in Cam Newton at this point in his career as a passer. Obviously, the rushing is kind of uh, undeniable at this point. But, you know, we'll see this year. We'll you know, they're going to go out and get some get some receivers, get, you know, some options for him. So, you know, he's got to prove that it's not, you know, it's not, he's not the problem. It was the lack of talent around him. That was the problem. We obviously saw that with Tom Brady. So maybe this is new England saying, 
hey, you know, for the past few years, we haven't surrounded our quarterback with talent, and that's, you know, bit us in the ass. Look what Tom Brady just did. He just won a Super Bowl when you put some talent around him. So maybe that's what they think. Maybe they do believe Cam can win the Super Bowl with some talent. So we'll see. But it was a shocker when I first heard. Money-wise, $14 is not cheap, but it seems like that's just what the quarterback market is at this point, um, like you kind of just brought up. So um, I guess that's what you got to give them. But um, it is it is a hefty amount for a guy who, um, you know, really kind of struggled in terms of the passing game last year. Yep, I completely agree with you. Um, excuse me. <laughs> had a little. We're both gassed. We need some more. <laughs> <laughs> had a little something. It, I mean, I don't know what it was, but um, Cam Newton. He had the one year's fourteen million dollars. I mean, right when I heard that, it was a surprise. And honestly, I didn't really know much about it until I was getting ready uh, to do this podcast with you. But he he's only getting a base of five million dollars, and the other nine million are going to be from incentives for like making the That's Pro true. Bowl, making the playoffs, All Pro, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and MVP, and things like that. And last year, he only earned half of his deal. For uh, it was seven point five million dollars, I believe he only earned around four point seven million dollars or something like that, or three point seven million dollars. Um, so obviously last year didn't really pan out for him, and really throughout the season this is why I kind of even think that it was slightly an overpay for the Patriots. Eight touchdowns. 10 interceptions in 15 games. I know you said the town, that's a problem that's around him, but I, I mean, you're putting any other quarterback in there. And I think that they're not going to do that bad in the Patriots system with Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. It, that was just kind of a surprise to me that they would re-sign him and even give him that much of an incentive um, after his performance last year. And especially after you said um, about Jimmy Garoppolo and that's the quarterback that they wanted. This was a big surprise for me. And I really don't think that Cam Newton will be the future of this franchise. I'm not really sure what the Patriots were thinking, but uh, right now I'm not really sure my thoughts of it because Camden obviously coming off his injury this is his first year back he doesn't have the talent but um, he's proven to do it once before uh, in 2015 where he made that Super Bowl run although they did lose to the Denver Broncos he's done it before and hopefully that's what the Patriots are thinking he get back to if they uh, do surround him with some talent yeah it was you know it was a shocker but we'll see what happens only time will tell um, and I you know that'll take us um, to I believe the last big quarterback we're planning to cover before we hit the franchise tag Yep. Um, Tom Brady, um, you know, signs an extension with Tampa Bay. He's going to still be playing through his age 45 season. It's ridiculous at this point. Crazy. I don't understand it, but the move saves 19 million in cap space. I, it's hard to comprehend this stuff when you really think yeah. about it. Proving me wrong. Signing bonus. This signing bonus stuff just does not apparently <laughs> apply anymore. Um, you know, I don't. I, I didn't, when I heard the signing bonus didn't affect the cap, I was like, well, that makes no sense. Why would you know? Guys are just going to start getting signed to just signing bonuses. And <laughs> Like, why not? I mean, geez. But, um, yeah, they already brought back Levante David this week. They tagged Chris Godwin. So, Mac, um, I mean, it seems like Shaq Barrett is almost a guarantee to come back at this point, and then they're going to be able to bring back a bunch of other guys. I mean, what what are your thoughts right now of what they're doing in Tampa Bay? And, and they're bringing the whole squad back. They've already got two of <laughs> the three main guys, basically. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, it blows my mind. The entire reason for why I hated the Buccaneers this season was because I thought they were just going to be this one-year wonder, two-year wonder kind of thing. And – now look what they're doing. They're proving me wrong. I mean, this isn't even just going to be one or two years. This, Tom Brady's definitely going to play past 45 years of age. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I think it's kind of <laughs> 40 years with three, with three voidable years. So, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that I think he's going to come back and play for Tampa Bay. You lock these, up, these guys up long-term. Levante David, you have him two more years. You're going to probably have Shaq Barrett for a for multiple years again, too. Chris Godwin, you're going to probably sign him to a long-term deal next offseason. But – Saving $19 million in cap space off of this 
from Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady just wants an eighth, eighth and ninth ring. It's it, it it blows my mind that this team is able to is willing to work together like this because I mean. I don't even know what to say. Name one other team that would have all these players willing to restructure contracts just to keep the same squad together and try and run it back for another Super Bowl. There's no other team that's going to do this, but Tom Brady coming off of an insane season where he had 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns at 43 years of age. It blows my mind. This team, (laughs) Gronk, Shaq Barrett, and somehow Leonard Fournette, this team is going to be the exact same as last year, basically. Yeah, I mean – it shows you, man. These guys want to win, and you, you have to respect that about them. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, they're, they've got all their draft capital. I mean, they haven't lost a thing. It's crazy. I mean, and look at what they did in the draft last year. They drafted Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, two of the best rookies. Are you Probably two top ten rookies this past yeah. season. I mean, they hit on their picks, and that's what happens when you hit on your picks. You build a, such a strong foundation, and you bring in guys like Tom Brady and Gronk and, and A.B. even to cap it off. I mean, it's insane. It, it, it just blows my mind how good this team is, how good they're going to be after they won that Super Bowl. And, you know, you could tell that they clicked after a certain point and they didn't lose after that. They went like they won their last seven or eight games to end the season. And that I think that went like unnoticed. Like I saw that recently. I was like, oh, my God, they did. Like this team just got hot and they just they couldn't be beaten. After they couldn't be beaten. And, no. And that defense, that, that front seven is, is unstoppable. Um, and I think this team is honestly – if they bring everyone back, I think they should be the Super Bowl favorites. I don't care about the Kansas City Chiefs. Their O-line is in shambles right now. We're going to talk about that in a, in a brief minute probably. Yep. But, you know, their O-line is a mess. That You know, right now, to me, Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFL. And, you know, yeah. that's what I'm sticking with. I, I don't believe there's a team quite built like Tampa Bay right now. It's pretty crazy, too, if you, if you think about it. You may be just starting a little bit of a dynasty with a 43-year-old quarterback. <laughs> it's <laughs> it it's wild. It's wild. All right. Well, with that, we can, I guess, turn our attention to some of the franchise tag players this past week. Obviously, um, I don't know what the total number total number of tags um, were. I don't know if you have it. Um, it there were a bunch. I think it was eight. Eight. All right. So Marcus Williams, Justin Simmons, Taylor Moen, Marcus May, Leonard Williams, Brandon Sheriff, Chris Godwin, Cam Robinson, and Allen Robinson all received the franchise tag. Um, obviously some big players didn't, um, Kenny Galladay and Aaron Jones, probably the most notable. Um, so Mac, I'll start with you. Maybe what was one of those guys that you were a little surprised with that did get tagged or that you liked the, the move of them t- getting tagged. And then what was a, you know, a guy or two that, you know, you were surprised that didn't end up getting franchise tag. Honestly, I'm surprised Cam Robinson. It's kind of feels like you're just tagging a guy to tag a guy that that's kind of what that move seemed to me who I was surprised – I really wasn't surprised at these other guys getting tagged. I was hoping for Marcus Williams to not get tagged, though, because that's the guy I wanted on my Dallas Cowboys. But the guy – I'm going to go a little bit different than you because I know there's one guy you have in mind that you want to talk about uh, that wasn't tagged, and uh, my guy is going to be Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, teams, they don't like playing the big money to running backs right now after seeing what all these guys have done. I mean, you're seeing guys like Christian McCaffrey, who, was, who is obviously proving that trend wrong – all the guys who get these big money uh, contracts haven't seemed to pan out, uh, pan out. And you're seeing players like Ezekiel Elliott, who's kind of falling off a little bit since getting that money. Uh, Todd Gurley, who fell off since getting his money. All these guys who were once considered top three backs in the league just have a massive drop off after getting their money. But Aaron Jones, I think um, you're not locking him up long term. A franchise tag is one year thing. And I 
think um, signing him for one year on the franchise tag would be able to prove to you um, if he's going to be more of a can't, uh, Christian McCaffrey where he doesn't trend uh, downwards after getting his money or if he's going to be an Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley where it starts, starts to trend downward after getting some money. So I think Aaron Jones, that would have been a good uh, franchise tag decision for the Packers because you, you could find out is he your future your uh, running back of the future or is he not just based on one year and based on everything he's done the past few years uh, he's been absolutely amazing this year I believe he had like 12 1100 yards uh, nine touchdowns or something like that but he's been a key part of this offense and just to get rid of him and now have a guy like AJ Dillon take over who really hasn't shown that he the ability that he could do much in the run game uh, it just kind of makes no sense to me so they're gonna have to go out there and find a guy to replace Aaron Jones uh, this offseason yeah I agree with that I was surprised uh, also by Cam Robinson um but I, at the end of the day, I, I do think it, it made sense at the end of the day. Um, you know, they're still young. They still have hope for development under, obviously, Urban Meyer's new staff. They obviously believe they saw something that they can build upon. And they got a lot of cap space, and they're, they're not going to spend it all, let's be honest here. Um, not that many guys are going to want to sign with Jacksonville this offseason quite yet, just because um, they're obviously still far away from winning. Um, even with Trevor Lawrence there, um, I don't believe they're a contender right away. Um, one guy, you know, that – you know, did surprise, or, you know, I'll just say one guy I like, I like Marcus May, the Jets tagging him. Um, I think he's such a key part of that defense. He's probably the best. He's the best player on that defense right now. And you got to keep him. Um, you know, he is a star. Um, you know, I really hope they extend him. He really um, came, you know, into his own this year. Um, and, you know, just a leader, uh, top safety in the league, him and Jamal, you know, they were, if they played together this year, they probably been, would have been arguably the best safety duo in the he league. He wasn't blitz boy with the Jets. He wasn't just true. with the Jets. He wasn't just blitz with the Jets. Um, so I like the Marcus May move. Um, was a little surprised about Cam Robinson. Mm-hmm. And the guy who I am really surprised didn't get tagged was Kenny Galladay. Um, when we predicted his free agency, I believe we both had him staying in, in Detroit because we both thought he would be tagged. And I truly did believe Kenny Galladay would be tagged. I was really surprised to hear they didn't. But at the end of the day, I think it, you know, it was the best move for both sides. Um, I don't think he would have re-signed long-term in Detroit. I just don't think um, that's what he wanted. But now – you know, a guy like him hits the open market. It's, it's really exciting to see, um, you know, where he's going to end up. Will he sign with a team like the Giants, the Jets, um, a Jaguars, you know, a Dolphins team? You know, I could really see any of those four teams being in play for him, as well as a bunch of other teams. Obviously, uh, a lot of people are going to be buying for him as he's, you know, probably the top primary agent wide receiver right now um, with Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin both receiving the franchise tag. So really surprised there as well as Aaron Jones, like you said. Um, you know, I, I was I was surprised. At the end of the day, because I did, it did sound like the Packers wanted to keep him. Yeah. But maybe they still have hope to work at a long-term deal. I don't know, but I was surprised the Packers didn't um, franchise tag any of their play, any of their star players. Aaron yeah. Jones, Corey Lindsley, another guy who we're going to talk about in a brief moment. Um, you know, I was surprised. So that's what? that kind of covers it for the franchise tag. But um, overall, um, you know, I think a lot of the expectations expect expect ex, oh my goodness expected guys <laughs> like justin simmons uh leonard williams they all got their tag leonard williams will get a big deal soon brennan sheriff staying in in washington so um you know those guys are all doing their doing their thing getting the tag hopefully some of them can work out long-term deals um and with that though once again we'll be predicting some more free agents six free cool. agents we got on the sheet today cool. so mac um which one do you want? And, uh, you know, whichever one you do want, why don't you give us your prediction for him? You know what? Let's start with my guy who did not get his franchise tag, Aaron Jones. I have him going to Miami, the Miami Dolphins. I think this, this would be a great fit. The Miami Dolphins last year um, 
really had no rushing attack. They were the worst in the league statistically. And Aaron Jones, he's a proven runner and a proven pass catcher, and I think that's what makes him so special. You'll be putting him in a Miami Dolphins offense that um, who, well, if they if they do this, if they get the Sean like you have him, I mean, this would be pretty potent. But if not, if you build up that offensive line a little bit this offseason, I think Aaron Jones will flourish in this offseason. Uh, not in this offseason, this offense, excuse me. Um, so they obviously have the money to sign the big names. And uh, last year, 1,100 yards, as I said, on 200 attempt, 201 attempts, so 5.5 yards per carry, nine touchdowns in the passing game. He was still pretty good, 47 catches, 355 yards, and two touchdowns. So this is a guy who get it done everywhere, passing or catching the ball and running the ball. So if Miami Dolphins get him, I think this will help greatly in the development of Tua Tagovailoa. Or uh, if you get him an offensive line, too, I think he will flourish and get even better than he was um, with the Packers. We're one for one to start the week. Um, I also have Aaron Jones going to Miami. I think it makes a lot of sense. This team, obviously, they had Miles Gaskin, who was all right this past season. But they want a superstar on that offense. And Aaron Jones is a superstar. You're going to get a star running back. um, And you're just going to be able to put him in that backfield. Um, and just really have someone you know you can trust. He's had 25 rushing touchdowns the past two seasons, 2,000-plus rushing years in both those years, and and, uh, he did not play 16 games this year either. So he's doing that without playing a full season. That's impressive. Like you said, he's a pass catcher as well. Um, And I don't – you know, I just think he's – you know, he really has untapped potential. He's only really started two whole seasons in the league. So, you know, his legs are not as used up as some of these other guys, like a Zeke, for example, when he – when he signed his long-term deal, Aaron Jones still should be pretty fresh, um, ready to go. So I do believe Aaron Jones has a lot left in the tank. And I think Miami's a good spot for him. They want to star on that offense. And I think, you know, Aaron Jones put him in the backfield. Um, you know, it's really the best option you can get at running back right now. So I like Aaron Jones to Miami. Yeah, 100%. We're one for one this week. The other week, I believe he started off, what, five for five or four for four before our uh, the wide receiver week. I think it was five. It might have been five. We might have gone to five. We may have been five for six that week. Yeah, I think we were. I, I forget last week. I think we got a few last week. But. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, you want to choose who we go over next? Um, Sure. Why don't we do – I'll just go in order of what I have. Mitchell Schwartz. Um, do you want me to talk about him or do you want to, you want to start? You just talked. I guess I could take this away. I don't really have uh, too much to say about this. But um, I think this would be a great fit as you saw the Jacksonville Jaguars. We both have them taking Trevor Lawrence. You got to protect uh, protect Trevor Lawrence up front, and they have the money just to do so. You could afford a big-time uh, offensive lineman, free agent, and Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, they have the money for him, obviously, as I just said. And uh, you're going to be getting one of the best tackles in the league. He's maybe getting up there in age, but um, a veteran up there in the offensive line will help uh, – whether you're drafting some more guys, whether you're signing some younger free agents, I think one of the best tackles in the league will really help the offensive line. But most importantly, I think it will help in the development of Trev or Lawrence. Unfortunately, we won't be going six for six this week. (laughs) Um, I have Mitchell Schwartz going to the desert. I've been going to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I like this pick. They need to protect Kyler Murray. And I think that's going to be a a big part of their focus for the remainder of offseason. Right now, the right tackle in the depth chart is Kelvin Beecham. And for me, that's, you know, that's a problem. You know, it is. The, the defenders are going to be going to the beach and relaxing on Kelvin <laughs> Beecham. So, I love um, that. Mitchell Schwartz. Are we sending that Mitchell one to Schwartz? Yeah. Are we sending that one to <laughs> I think more NBC. Yeah, it's more NBC. Okay. Um, but Mitchell Schwartz, you know, he's he, like you say, he's a top tackle in the league. He started every, um, you know, 16 games every season except this past one. Obviously, he is getting up there in age. But regardless, 
superstar tackle. Was a little surprised that he got cut by the Chiefs, to be honest, but seems like they're going a different route, trying to save a lot of money there. So at the end of the day, you got to make some sacrifices. They made one with Mitchell Schwartz, but he will be great. I think if Arizona can can assign him, you had him and J.J. Watt to your your lines on 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 your both of the sides of football, and you really got better this offseason. Um, you know, and this would be a huge move just in terms of upgrading that O line. I think that would be a, a substantial addition addition to that offense, and and would potentially allow Kyler Murray to continue to develop to that next level. So I got Mitchell Schwartz to, to the Cardinals. There you go. Two great picks, Jaguars and the Arizona Cardinals, two teams in need of some offensive line to help to develop uh, some of their younger quarterbacks. Next up, I think we should stick on the offensive line. And let's go with Corey Lindsley, the Green Bay Packer, or the former Green Bay Packer who wasn't franchise tagged and who hasn't gotten a long-term deal yet. So uh, I guess I'll start with this one. And I think this would be a nice pairing for the Miami Dolphins to have Aaron Jones and have some help up there with Corey Lindsley. As I said, the Dolphins, they have the money. They have the money. They're up there with the Jaguars in money, and they're one of the better teams in the league already. So you're adding Aaron Jones, you're adding Corey Lindsley, and your offensive, your offensive line, your running game, and your quarterback and receiving play will all be elevated just by those two moves. And I think that would make you one of the best teams in the league right away. And uh, you could really compete for – I'd even have them up there for an AFC championship this year if they put – pull off two of those moves and especially with that high draft pick you get another receiver I mean this offense would be scary but Corey Lindsley easily one of the best centers in the league and uh, because the Packers don't have the money for him he's likely not going to get signed uh, he would help out a lot for Tua a lot for Aaron Jones and I think this would be a filthy offense for the Dolphins if they get Corey Lindsley as well I like that pick um I have them going to the Chargers. I think the Chargers are in need of some O-line help. We both mocked uh, them. Christian Darisoff from Virginia Tech. But Mike Pouncey just retired. Trey Turner was released. So the interior of that O-line, it's really slim to none at this point. Um, they need protection for Justin Herbert, and that's got to be the focus this offseason. The defense isn't too terrible there, to be honest. Um, so, honestly, like, the defense isn't the issue. Um, it's the offensive line right now that needs a lot of work. So, Corey Lindsley, um, you know, one of the best centers. I believe he was one of the highest PFF graded centers of the season. Um, you know, he's going to head out to L.A. and he's really going to be the star centerpiece of this O-line. And they're going to get a huge boost to that O-line. And that's what they need right now. They have the money to sign him. Um, and I think for me, this is just, you know, the, the move that makes a lot of sense for them. Give a guy to, you know, snap the ball to Justin Herbert. That's one of the best in the business and lead that O-line in the center that, you know, they need. So Corey Lindsley. Um, it's going to replace Mike Pouncey as the center of the L.A. Chargers this year. Great pick, great pick. And uh, we'll go to another offensive lineman, uh, offensive lineman to finish it off uh, for these free agent offensive lineman picks, and that's Joe Thune. Uh, and as you had, um, excuse me, Corey Lindsley going to the Chargers, I have Joe Thune going to the Chargers. So two offensive linemen, you have one going to the Chargers, I have another uh, year after year, I mean, for uh, Joe Thune. He gets better and better, and I think that's what's great and why he would fit so well with the Chargers. And right now, he's even at the point where he's one of the most dominant guards in football. And last year in this offense, Justin Herbert, he proved he could do it all with barely offensive line help, or barely any offensive line help. You get him some offensive line help through free agency and in the draft, and I honestly and genuinely think Justin Herbert could have an MVP-like season next year. I mean – Offensive line help, you're going to help Eckler out and help Justin Herbert out. I think this would be a phenomenal addition for the Chargers uh, to get Justin Herbert where he wants to be. 
I had to do it. I had to put him on my New York Jets. I got to <laughs> give him a guy each, yeah, you each had time, to. basically. Um, the Jets need a line help. I mean, that's not, yep. um, you know, that's known by almost everyone. They've tried to be cute with it these past few years and <laughs> yeah. go with like a Greg Van Road and a George Van. Yep. And, you know, Makai Beckton was a great pick. Um, they, they hit on that one, but they do need a line help. So I think pairing Joe Thune on the left side of that offensive line with Makai Beckton is a great start for the Jets. Um, you know, their guard is really thin. They obviously, I just brought up Greg Van Roden, but Alex Lewis is another starting guard. They just need help there. Um, you know, Joe Thune, I think, you know, the Jets are going to be able to pay him. Um, you know, they shouldn't get outbid for him necessarily. Um, you know, and the Jets out of the three alignment, I, I, I do think that, you know, either Lindsley or Thune would be good additions for them. I think they need to go sign one of those guys for sure. Um, you know, Schwartz is great, but he is up there in age. I think getting a more younger guard. Um, would be is of the essence for the Jets. So I think Joe Thune, you get to take him away from the Patriots. That's a win in its own. And then you also get to add him to your own line and, you know, build in the trenches. I think that's what Robert Salat is going to want to focus on. You know, you look at what he did in San Francisco on that D line. He built such a great D line. I want to see them, him do that, obviously, <laughs> in New York with the Jets on the defensive side, but also the offensive side. It feels like the Jets have really never had a great O line in, in years, ever since I can remember. I've never, yeah. you know, been able to remember a great Jets online. The best offensive line and they've recently had was probably Nick Mangold, the center. So maybe Joe Thune will be that next great Jets alignment. I got Joe Thune going to gangrene. There you go. I love how you put it. Take him right away from the Patriots, put him on the Jets division rivals. I think that would be a great signing for the New York Jets. Next up, I'm going to give us Janu Smith and I have him going to the New England Patriots. So you may, mm. be, you may be adding Joe Thune. The Patriots are adding John Smith. <laughs> this is a team that has relied really a lot on their tight end production for a long time now. Ever since Gronk left, they haven't had a tight end who can make plays, who can contribute in the red zone. And John Smith will provide you with just that. He could go and he could get a lot of touchdowns. In this past season, he proved that yet again. With only 41 catches on 448 yards, this guy had I was about to say 48 touchdowns for some reason, eight <laughs> touchdowns. So you're obviously getting that red zone and end zone threat in John Smith. And I think that's what the Patriots want. And now with Cam, Cam Newton, he'll be able to get some more throwing and passing touchdowns. And that's a piece that I think the Patriots will need to add if they want to help out this offense and get some talent around Cam Newton to make some plays. I'm Johnny Smith staying in the AFC South. Um, he's going to be going to a different team though. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the team I have Johnny Smith going to. Look, they need weapons for Trevor Lawrence, that offense. Right now, you think of DJ Chark, you think of LaVisca Chanel, James Robinson. You know, they're good weapons. I think James Robinson might be the best out of those three. But, you know, he needs someone that's going to be a solid, consistent guy for him. And I think um, Johnny Smith will be that guy. I don't think the Jaguars are going to go out and splurge necessarily on tight end. And I think Johnny Smith is their kind of smart way of doing that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be cheap by any means. But I do think that Johnny Smith, um, will be cheaper than some of these other guys, like the next guy we're going to talk about, Hunter Henry. So I really like this move for them. They need to give Trevor a consistent guy that he can grow with. Johnny Smith is still very young as well. You know, he's not up there in age uh, like a Rob Gronkowski is, who's more like 32, I believe now. Um, so Johnny Smith, young, controllable tight end. You can grab, you can grow um, and develop him with Trevor Lawrence at the same time. I just think it makes more a lot of sense uh, for Johnny Smith to go to Jacksonville. They need tight end help. Um, I believe Tyler Eifert and like O'Shaughnessy or whatever his name yeah. was playing tight end there. This year, so like, yeah, the, the spot's wide open for Johnny to just come in and get some catches. So, um, you know, I think that'd be a good move. I definitely think it's a position they need to uh, look into. So, Johnny Smith to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I really like that move for Jacksonville. 
Hey, it looks like we're, we're really liking uh, the Jaguars here with these free agency picks the past few weeks. And now, as you uh, preluded to before, Hunter Henry, our last free agency prediction before next week, when we're going to have to break down some of these signings. <laughs> <laughs> and I have him going to the Carolina Panthers. I know a lot Ooh. of people have heard this one, but um, I think this would be a great fit. Um, you're putting him there with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. And then no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Teddy Bridgewater, you go out and as uh, we think would be a great fit for this offense and Justin Fields. I think this offense would flourish. Uh, Titans obviously needing this offense and Hunter Henry could block and he could catch the ball, especially in the end zone. The only knock on him I really have is he's had so many injuries throughout his career. He really hasn't been able to live up to his potential. As everyone thought a few years ago, uh, he was one of the best tight ends in the league, but injuries have kind of ruined him and taken that away from him, that title away from him. So hopefully he goes to Carolina. Um, he could hopefully stay healthy. And I think he would have the potential to be top five, top six, top seven-ish tight end. Uh, of course, past two uh, seasons have been great. Um, and then two balls dropped last season. So that just goes to show you how his hands are. And I think that'd be a great fit for Matt Rule and his offense. Yeah, a little uh, lag there. I heard it all, but, you know, the video is a little laggy. It's on my end, so I apologize for that. Hopefully it doesn't come out in the uh, the video itself. But what can we do at the end of the day? Um, interesting pick, though. I like the idea of Hunter Henry going to Carolina. But I have him going to New England. I do think, like you, they will right. go for a tight end. And I like this move a lot for them. Uh, obviously, they need weapons. I kind of alluded to it in my mock draft that I'd, you know, have them grabbing one. Um, Jamar Chase, I had them obviously trading up for. And I think pairing – you know, Hunter Henry on this offense with Cam Newton. It just gives Cam another weapon. And, you know, I was, you know, thinking about it. Cam Newton, you look at his time in, in Carolina, his main target was Greg Olson there at tight what? end. And right now he did not have that last season with Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste um, in, you know, New England. He didn't have that superstar tight end that he can go to. Hunter Henry, they can pay him. You know, they have the cap space to give him the money. So I think Hunter Henry for me is a great pick for them, a great signing. Uh, you know, he's a top five to seven tight end, in my opinion, who, you know, he's going to give Cam his Greg Olson-type target in New England that I think he needs to flourish in the passing game. He just needs someone he can trust, someone that he can hit over the middle of the field. And I think Hunter Henry is going to be that guy. I think he would really do well. And maybe he could even, you know, develop into someone who gets, you know, turns into a Gronk-like type player. Obviously, he's not going to be the same as Gronk. He's not the same. You know, no one's the same as Gronk. There's no player like Gronk. But if he can, you know, do like 75% or 50% of what Gronk was in New England, you know, you've got a really, really good tight end there. Um, too really, so he could be really good. Um, I, if he's I do of something, if it's too really, too good, you know it's going to be amazing. You know it's a, you know he's got superstar potential, but I do like Hunter Henry in New England. I think it'd be a good, I don't like it as a Jets fan, obviously, but um, <laughs> I do think it'd be a good fit for the Patriots. Um, and with that, that will do it for our six uh, free agency players right there. Um, whew, that was a lot of NFL right there. I mean, that was at it least was an hour I mean, of talking about the NFL. Yeah. This next week's going to be even uh, tougher. We're going to be pretty busy. We got free agency, <laughs> all these signings. Yeah. And then the key thing, we're going to start doing March Madness, hopefully every single day. Your boys, we not, may not be the biggest college basketball fans and may not know as much about it, but we will be on this grind. And I know we will have some headaches uh, trying to prepare for some of these episodes. So be ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely um, stay tuned with that. I mean, next week for sure. Um, I don't know if we'll do it before, but the brackets will be released, um, you know, in the next coming days. So 
I don't know if we'll film it for an OTA Eclipse or whatnot, but maybe we will on next week's episode of Outside the Arena do our bracket. Even though the tournament will have gone underway, we'll just give hey. you guys um, our bracket for you know our prediction for that. You have to hold up the sweatshirt of uh, who who will have a, a finishing and winning it all. Hold <laughs> <laughs> up the sweatshirt. I like that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, the uh, the conference tournaments are going to be coming to a close tomorrow, I believe. So. Um, Yep. It'll be great, but we are super excited. Going to have a lot of people, interesting people, um, to talk about March Madness with. And I think it's just, you know, so great. I mean, you cannot know college basketball and you tune in the March Madness and all of a sudden you know yep. everything. So um, <laughs> we will definitely be knowing what's going on. We'll be watching all the games. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm super excited for March Madness. It obviously was a bummer last year when it was canceled. So expect some great coverage of March Madness over on OTA Clips. So like we've said, go subscribe there. Um, you know, we'll also still do a normal podcast. I don't know what it'll look like next week on this channel, to be honest, but we'll have plenty to talk about. So I'm not worried. Yeah, exactly. We always figure it out. And, uh, with that, you think we're all good? We're all set? Yeah, I think you can wrap this one up. I am, uh, tired of talking, to be honest. It's been a a long episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess we're both a little bit gassed, but everyone, as always, thank you so much for watching. We always appreciate it. We hope you all stay safe. Uh, and of course, as we just, uh, we're talking about uh, next week. We'll probably break down some free agency things on this channel. And then, of course, March Madness. We're going to try and be putting out daily episodes on OTA Clips. You can go subscribe to us over there on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe on both channels here and on OTA Clips. We always appreciate you all, appreciate you all for watching. Make sure to follow us on our social medias. Our Instagrams are Mac.Rommel. Griffin's Instagram is uh, Griffin Senek. Our podcast Instagram is outside the arena podcast. Make sure to make sure to go follow us there and please feel free to reach out with any ideas you guys have, or if you guys know anyone that would want to come on, including yourselves, we would love to hear from you guys and uh, we will see you all next week on outside the arena.